Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about. Way off the record. People that you never hear from that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Welcome to Way Off the Record. Today, I'm thrilled to talk to my friend, uh, Dr. Mary Mansfield. Dr. Mary, how are you? I am well. How are you? Great. Um, I'm excited to talk to you uh, about how we know each other, uh, what you do for a living, um, all sorts of stuff. So tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how we met. Oh, this is a fun story. So oh, um, uh, we actually met through your boyfriend and my friend Christian. Mm. Uh, Christian and I worked together, and you know we were attending a little summer. Uh, picnic for all of our co-workers and everybody's there and eating and drinking and having fun and then you two finally showed up um <laughs> oh that was the thing in central park yeah? yes yes yeah. and i think you brought two boxes of wine <laughs> two bladders of wine two yes. bladders yes. yes well bladders within boxes yes yeah. screw the box don't you, don't you know need to don't bring that to the i park. used to judge i used to judge people with the whole box of wine thing, but you no, know, they make good ones mother now. can do it. Like I'm all for that. Tip it, tip it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that was the first. I feel like I've known you forever. That's so I crazy. Know. It's like two summers ago. I not even. Not even. Not even. Really? Yeah, it will be wow. one year coming this <laughs> summer. Yeah, we just hit it off right away. Uh, yeah. Chit chatting, blah blah blah. And of course, I had heard how wonderful Scotty was a million times from Christian. Aww, cool. um, so I'm like, yeah, oh, whatever. Cool. They always think their boyfriend's so wonderful. So we finally <laughs> meet, and and it was true. You're wonderful. So, oh, go on. but the best part is the way Christian tells it. He's like, I don't, e- I don't even know. They, I, they're talking. I go to the bathroom. I come back. They're lying on the ground, <laughs> on a blanket. In each other's arms, staring up the sky, crying. <laughs> really? I don't remember that. Yeah. I was probably, we were probably drunk. Well, we probably had a little by that well, time, but bit. we just hit it off and we had already talked about, you know, growing up and similar age and changing careers and, you know, all that yes, kind of and stuff. So, so I want to talk to you about that because I, so first of all, I find the, the, the occupation of a veterinarian is, to me, it's almost like a sacred calling, like, and I don't mean priest or nun or something like that, because from what I know, well, that's a relief. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, but from what I know, it's the hardest form of one of the hardest forms of medicine to study because you have to study like a million different species and yeah. you know all the stuff that that a regular doctor doesn't have to know, you yeah. know, and it's not specialized necessarily, although I suppose you could be. Yes. It's just even longer. It's 12 years of school instead of eight. If oh my you God, I study specifically. Yeah. We learned six species and, um, we had t-shirts and bumper stickers and all sorts of stuff <laughs> on sale in the, uh, little teeny tiny bookstore from our school. What are the, what are the six species? Um, canine, feline, which cats and dogs, of course, uh-huh. uh, caprine, which are your, you know, sheep and goat. Caprine. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never heard that word. Uh, bovine, which is your cow. Cows. Equine, which is the horses. And um, 
chickens. <laughs> what are they? Oh, poultry? Poultry. Thank oh, you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank wow. you very much. Yes, yes I do have a doctorate in this of, subject. Jesus. So I want to talk to you about how that particular course of study, 12 years of study, was a second career change. It was a career change. For yeah, you. it's career number two for me. I actually, I started when I was 30, undergrad, when I was 30, knowing that I had eight years in front of me, if I could even get in, and my salary would be cut by about 50%. <laughs> but So what were you doing before? Um, I was managing medical practices. I worked for, uh... Uh, I was a consultant. I worked for a company that managed <clears throat> medical practices of MDs throughout the country. Um, our company would go in and make a big sale to a hospital or a hospital system mm-hmm. to uh, develop a management service organization that their uh, admitting physicians could then buy into. So they would make the big sale to the hospital, and then other salespeople would go out and recruit different physicians within the community that admitted to that hospital or hospital system to join the management service organization. And then when they did that... I came in. I was the, you know, efficiency expert for everything from, you know, what's the patient flow, how what happens when they come in the door, when do we mm. verify insurance, how does money come in the door? Is that um, operations? Is that yes. sort of operator from soup to nuts? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you did so you had a background in in yeah. the medical field. Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. and well, and before that, I was a medic in the military. So right, right. Tell I me about that. I have been doing this medicine thing from from in one way or another for gosh. It's okay, girl. We're all of a certain age. Five you to... <laughs> years now. I think this will be thirty-six years <clears throat> for me. Awesome. Yeah, when I left high school, I swore I would never, never set foot in another educational institution as long as I lived. I wanted to get out of where I was living. And uh, I wanted to travel and see different things, and I wanted to learn about medicine. So I joined the military. I, I was in the Navy, and I was, uh, they call their medic people, you know, the uh, hospital corpsman. You are below the nurse, which is below the doctor. So you're, you know, it's like a medical assistant. Uh-huh. Um, but in the military, you know, you learn and do a whole lot more than a medical assistant in the. Yeah. So you grew up in Iowa? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. I get the I States mixed up. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Iowa is a little bit more remote than Illinois, though, no? I th- well, I mean, I grew up in <clears throat> Illinois, but I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, you know, oh, okay. so it wasn't like I was in the middle of uh, BFE in a farm somewhere. Okay. Um, but I, I think of it that way, too. You know, like uh, Iowa, Indiana, those are kind of like more remote. Yeah, like they grow potatoes on Iowa, right? Yeah. Like that's, all, <laughs> right. Like, that's about all they have there. <laughs> God, forgive me, my Iowa Corn, listeners. corn. Oh, Again, corn. the I-states. Potatoes are Idaho. So, you know when you fly over the, the country? The flyover I mean, states, yes. Well, the flyover states. No, but when you when you actually fly over the country and you see these giant circles, what the fuck is that? Crown I mean, circles? that's some sort of farming. You know, these giant circles, and it's like circle after circle, and they're all like, you know buttered up against each other. I don't know. And they're enormous. Do you know what I'm talking about? You see this every time you fly over the country, and I think that they're some sort of agriculture, but I don't know. Because they're like different colors, and and they're, I mean, they're massive. They're probably, I'm going to guess like a thousand feet in diameter. Interesting. Giant. And 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 there's like thousands of them. 
Well, you... I mean, I haven't experienced that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say that, and I think of you know those mysterious crop circles done by no. aliens. And, <laughs> and uh... no, no, not not that. Now, these are definitely well, they're definitely man-made. But next time you fly, you're going to notice if um, you fly they were the day. human-made. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. There I go. <laughs> Me too. I know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up uh, managing uh, a six-physician orthopedic practice. Um, and just the way they were doing things, it was, you know, they were all in one space, and they had an X-ray unit and everything sort of in-house. Um, one doctor specialized in hands. One doctor specialized in backs. Uh, one doctor was the orthopedic guy for the Bulls, you know, for the basketball team in Chicago. Um, I, I always thought orthopedic was feet. That's podiatry. Podri- oh, okay. Yeah. Podiatry. Orthopedic Oops. is all is bones and joints. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so they were basically <clears throat> running six tiny practices out of this one space. And they had each had one girl that worked for them. And when on the day they were seeing appointments, that person was the receptionist. And when they weren't seeing appointments, that person was doing the back leg work, you know, like filing the uh, insurance claims and answering uh-huh. phones and making appointments. And, you know, everybody was doing everything. And not everybody is good at everything. So I just... But you managed just, all of them. Yeah. Uh, wow. And so I said, this is ridiculous. You need people who are receptionists and specialize in everything with greeting people having paperwork ready contacting um you know pre-insurances scheduling whatever time they need for are they gonna have blood work done today are they gonna have x-rays done today blah 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 blah. and then you need someone else who's doing accounts receivable and someone else who's doing accounts payable and um contacted a consulting group um a management consulting uh group Hmm. to come in and evaluate their practice Mm -hmm. and see what they could do for them and the whole idea was you know they practice medicine while this business comes in and rearranges everything handles all the business part and they make more money um and so these people came in for their evaluation of the practice and i yanked them into i did you feel threatened bathroom no oh good i said oh my god thank god you're here (laughs) do you know what i've been telling them and do you know how they do this and how they do that and it really needs to be this way and no one will listen to me i'm so glad that dr mary spills the tea so of course (laughs) they decided they didn't need them they were too expensive they were making enough money as it was even though so much was just flying right out the window Mm -hmm. so they didn't hire this company and um as soon as that company got the word that no thank you we don't want to hire your services i found out later the person literally said thank you very much didn't even hang up the phone, put the button down, and then called me and said, you want to come work for us? Fucking A, that's amazing. Um, that's so I amazing. said no, but it was out there. And um, uh, when I had you know, an altercation with one of the doctors, believe it or not, over $30,000 worth of uncashed checks that were stuffed in his receptionist's you know, drawers and piles of junk everywhere. I'm like, this is this is money you've lost. And I separate. She was like sick for two days, and I just went to her desk and I tore everything apart in front of all the others, mind you. So they were just like looking down at their desks <laughs> and typing away and ignoring me. And I did all the math, and I'm like, you've lost, you know, two hundred and forty thousand dollars in the oh last six God. months because of this person. He yelled at me. Me, how dare you go through my secretary's desk? 
And so you're like, get me on the phone with those people who called um, me. So I was quit, it the same company? or I quit right there on the spot. Good for you. Um, and um, and I did end up going to work for that other company. <laughs> yeah. so Congrats. Three of undergrad, four of medical school. Yeah. Amazing. All right. I'm going to do a, a crazy pivot right now. Mm. Um, you are known, this is before I knew you, and I think before Christian knew you, for these epic Oscar parties. Tell me about those. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yeah, I used to have, for a decade, for a full decade, I had a huge party, uh, Oscar, you know, viewing night party. Uh-huh. Um, but that, at a venue, right? Not at your apartment? Oh, it started as my apartment. Oh, it did? Okay. It started very, very small, and it used to be not just the Oscars. It used to be the Emmys, and then the Golden Globes, and then the Oscars. Oh. So every year I did three. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> and the year I started, um, you know, it was just four friends got together and, you know, we watched the Emmys together and I had, you know, gotten a silly little, you know, basket of popcorn and treats and things from Blockbuster. Remember them? I do. Yeah. This is the days when you actually still went to the store and rented yeah. videos and they held all that candy up at the front. So I had yep. made a basket out of that and, and, you know, we all wrote down our guesses about who we thought would win, and I gave a basket to the person who got the most right. And afterwards, they said, you know what, you should have like a real party and do this. So that year, uh, for the Golden Globes, which was a few months later in January, mm-hmm. um, I had a you know party for that, and eight people came. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so then when the Oscars came around in like March, mm-hmm. I said, all right, we're going to do it up big this time. We're going to... Um, uh, I hired a bartender, um, you know, and that's when we started coming up with the uh, nominated movie and celebrity drink names, <laughs> and he nice. would, you know, shake people's drinks and pour them in their seats, and nice. there was like, you know, for example, you know, Meryl Streep is nominated every time for something, so, you know, <laughs> on the menu was always a Bloody Meryl. Um oh. There, you know, one year we had a Harvey Wally banger and, <laughs> you know, drinks like that. But the first one, um, I took a, a roll of red wrapping paper and rolled it out and taped it to the floor in the hallway outside my apartment. The red carpet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And took construction paper and crayons and, and drew <laughs> a, an archway of gold stars that people would stand under to get their picture taken. Uh, bought a Polaroid and a friend of mine put on a fedora and a little card in it that said press and (laughs) took people's pictures and I cooked dinner for everybody and encouraged everybody to dress up and um, and that year 16 people came so it uh, yeah so and then every yeah in one year from Emmys to Golden Globes to (laughs) to Oscars so, um, and I were like, this is too small. We have to, like, yeah, every turn year I just tried to punch it up. And, you know, <clears throat> then we started having, you know, prizes and, and games during commercials. And, and, um, oh man, and people really started getting into it. You know, they'd, you know, January, they'd tell me, I'm shopping for my dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So the first five years we were in my apartment, and I gave that up when I, Tried to feed 41 people in a 500-square-foot apartment. Oh, shit. And then the next year, I rented out a whole restaurant. And the last five years, I had it at a restaurant. Um, Was it easier in some ways? 
Uh, space-wise, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And um, there were favorite dishes. I had always made a, a, a macaroni and cheese dish mm. that everybody liked. So I would still bring that or make that and bring it to the restaurant and have them cook it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I could just like, we'd set up a buffet and I would have three entrees and, and it was an Italian place. So there was salad and meatballs and um, oh, uh, open bar and professional photographer outside with an actual red carpet and lights and... <laughs> All that kind of stuff. I'm so. bummed I didn't know you back then. It was fun. Because now you're done with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ten years was enough. I it's a lot. So. It was so. fun. It was a good time. It gets expensive. I um, can imagine. No shit. But it was um, a lot of fun. Let's talk about travel. I understand from Christian, who tells me that every year you take one month off and you go off on... I do. A journey. I have been very lucky the last two years to be able to take a whole month off in the fall. So last two years in a row, I've taken the whole month of October off. I don't travel like to one place the whole time, mm-hmm. um, but I take the time off and I usually find a way to go somewhere. And this past year, I went to Ireland for a week. Oh. Yeah. Did you see your family? No, um, a lot of people ask me that. Apparently, I still look a little bit Irish. I must <laughs> have some Irish in me somewhere. Um, no, I, I know no one there. Um, I just uh, rented a car. I actually contacted a, a tour company that will organize a driving tour for you in terms of, um, you know, they have a handful of different options on their site, and you can tell them what you're interested in. They just custom do a, well, you'll spend one night here and two nights here and all nights here what was it like and, driving uh, on the left side of the street because that i had to I, really pay attention I to i think so yeah and that and all the roundabouts oh you know God. i can imagine that's like i mean you know you don't want me doing that you, know, <laughs> you don't want me driving anywhere let alone well something. it's hard enough to get used to you know like driving on the left side of the street you know and then you want to make a turn right you really right, have to pay attention right. to which lane you've got to stay in you know because you're used to making a left turn which is a big like go over to the no the left turn's the close one you know where you stay in the left side and then the roundabouts you go on the roundabout you immediately want to go over to the right side and well there's traffic coming (laughs) um no but it was fascinating it was so much fun and just relaxing to go by yourself we're going to take a quick break and be right back um all right i'm going to pivot back to Sort of the day-to-day working as a veterinarian. Um, I know that you're really passionate about pet foods. Yes. And I'm curious to know why. Uh, I I mean, I think I have an idea, but I'd love to know why. Because, you know, we feed Tito Tito Le Pod Shot. (laughs) Um, Like science diet or something like that. Um, I I wasn't I didn't always used to be into it. I was actually sent to a great four day intensive nutrition learning um, seminar, mm. and it was put on by Hills, who are the science type people. <laughs> um, but I I usually don't tell that to people because you know then they think the Hills. I actually had someone suggest the other day. Well, I've seen staff members wear Hills scrubs, so I know they pay for your education. <laughs> and I thought, really? But you, I can understand, like, do you think you a know, pair of scrubs really covered my three hundred and fifty thousand? <laughs> oh my god! Education. Oh shit! But um, whatever. But I do understand, like, 
you know, if you go into a summer about pet food run by yeah. like one of the major pet food companies. Right, exactly. But uh, if I do tell them, it is because what I learned there was so non-hills. It was all about, it was about nutrition. It was about pet nutrition. Mm-hmm. It was about um, how to, we spent an entire day, 25% of that um, intensive course was how to read and understand pet food labels and the legality behind what they can and cannot print on labels, what certain things they print on labels means and doesn't mean. Um, And what you find out is 90% of uh, pet food is literally nothing but marketing. Um, It's probably not untrue in most businesses you mean the cost not the ingredients oh absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely but the ingredients as well it's all i mean i have so many clients tell me they can't remember what food they buy but it's holistic so they know that it's good oh well mm. holistic is one of those truly 100 percent completely made up marketing words right. there is no such right. thing as holistic food but there's a huge sector of the population that believes that if it says holistic, then this is going to be one of the top quality brands. I also have people tell me it's too confusing, which I agree with. So they just buy the most expensive brand because that must be good. Mm. And really all that means is that's the company that has spent the most on marketing. Um, Plus um, another part of the reason I'm so passionate about Mm -hmm. it is healthcare is expensive Mm -hmm. and we know that. Mm and most people don't have insurance policies for their pets. And, you know, when they get sick and something goes wrong or they get older. I just heard about this. Just like a friend on, on Twitter or something mentioned that he had to take his dog to have something done. And it was like a two twenty five hundred dollar bill. And he and he said he only had to pay like five, like three hundred dollars because he had pet insurance. He's like, get yeah, pet insurance. Right. I've right. never heard of that. Oh, yeah. It's becoming <clears throat> more and more popular. And... Um, so what that means is keeping them healthy is important. Mm-hmm. And what you feed them is so simple. I mean, you put something in a bowl for them a couple of times a day and you give them fresh water. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And you can, in such a simple way, for less money than the marketed brands that aren't about nutrition. Um, and you can, your pet will live longer, your pet will be healthier, your pet will be happier, your pet will have more energy, and you will have a longer, you know, time with mm-hmm. this creature that you care so much about. Right. Um, so it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's something so simple that you can do to keep them healthy. So, so I do spend a lot of time talking to people about it. Good. Yeah. I'm going to do a, a quick plug here. I'm going to pretend like Hill Science Diet is po- sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> so two of the wet foods that we're using, both Hill's Science Diet, one is ocean fish entree, and the other one is tender chicken dinner. And Tito Lachat, Tito Lapachat pretty much eats anything we put in front of him, but he seems to really like, um, of course he prefers uh, the wet food to the dry food, but the dry food I think is also Hill's Science Diet that we You know, there are a lot of cats that hate the wet food. They won't eat wet food. They only like dry food. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? It does, and it just looks so much yummier. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people fall into the just leave the food out all the time because they don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night by their cat. 
Um, right. Well, we don't let yeah. him in the bedroom because, like, the bedroom is the one room where he can't really. We don't let him in there that much because all the leftover, like all the things that he hasn't broken, are in the bedroom. <laughs> so we kind of. I would love for him to be in the bed with us, but yeah. he, yeah. you know, you know, he's, he's not, like not that way. Yeah. Um, baby, can you get the genie bottle? <laughs> I want you to look at, touch, fondle. Um, this, what was actually used. Oh my gosh. Not this particular bottle, but this 1964 Jim Beam holiday decanter, Christmas decanter. That's awesome. That they actually used one of these bottles, and they had like four, I think, on the show, and they, they had like the set designer paint yeah, them. Yeah, pre- I feel like it should go whoosh. I know, and me Jeannie too. Me too. Comes out in her in all of her smoky glory. I, as a child, have a story to tell you. So listen, when I was a kid, so there's there's, and we're going to talk about this. There's the bewitched camp, and there's I Dream of Jeannie camp. I was mm. firmly in <laughs> I Dream of Jeannie camp, and. For lots of reasons, I think Larry Hagman. I would. Um, I liked Major Healy. I had a crush Major on Healy. Major Healy. I do, I do too, but I really wanted to kiss Major Nelson. And <laughs> so I would wait till my parents were out of the house, which is rare, mm-hmm. and I would literally run around the house and gather every single pillow <laughs> and bring them to my bed and arrange them in a circle. In a circle. And I would, with my back to the bed, I would jump up. And into, like, I was pretending like I was the pink smoke yeah, that yes, Jeannie was. Yes. And I would be in the bottle in this circle yes. of pillows. Uh-huh. And I would, like, I swear to God, I had this whole dialogue. Like, I would, no, I was, like, talking to my husband, Major Nelson. Yes. And I was, like, kissing him. And I had a whole several-year fantasy on, on that. Oh, yes. that is so This is the funny. first time I'm talking about this in public, so... Enjoy. Um, so you, I think, are the bewitched camp. I'm a bewitched camp yeah. person. Yes, I do. I watched a lot of. Uh, or no, no, no. I'm sorry. I would have to say backwards. I'm a, I'm a, a, a genie, genie in the bottle. Oh, you are. But I did watch a lot of Bewitched. Um, I did too, and I love her. But mostly, <laughs> this. I was judgy when I was three. I'm like, <laughs> why is Darren so ugly? Really? I, yes, Which I was Darren, terrible. Though? I was they a terrible child. Kind of, um, uh, a little bit tight lip. They had no lips. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know what they did for a living? Advertising. I know. Oh, the evils. I know. Yes, that that but was a big deal the in the sixties. And a beautiful be house. My yeah. favorite, though, my favorite um, on Bewitched actually was um, Uncle Arthur, mm-hmm. Paul Lind, Miss mm-hmm. Paul Lind. Um, and who was the crazy aunt, aunt? Aunt Clara. Aunt Clara. Aunt Clara, do you want to see my doorknob collection? Oh. And, you know, she would like, like make a, like an elephant appear in the kitchen. She yes. fucked up a spell or whatever. Yes. She was my favorite. She was so And lovely. she would always mess up. I named a yeah. car after her. I had a car that was a piece of shit. I named it Aunt Clara. <laughs> I did. I had a cat that was named Endora two oh, cats yeah. ago. Yeah. She's up there in a, in a. In a tin can. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are memories. You that should I put her in here. Isn't that no? That 
is its own. This is so. It's, it's kind of one of my favorite things. Like, yeah, I have it's a too lot bad of things, all of you can't see this because it is like the genie bottle. It's, oh, I'm going to take a picture of it. We have to take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think um, let's end with a drinking story. You said something about butter in your hair. Oh, dear. <laughs> You're going to make me tell the butter in my hair story. Make it quick, girl. I want to keep this under an hour. Yes, I was, you know, um, at <laughs> home drinking with friends. And and um, I had, you know, of course, run out of all appropriate snacks in my house. And they stu- started eating just, oh, Kerrygold Irish butter. Mm. Oh, Yum. we have that in the fridge. You want yep. some? <laughs> oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll bite it like a chocolate it's bar my favorite. and it's so and salty and it's so wonderful and i think i was eating it on triscuits oh we don't eat this we don't use a salted one oh never salted butter oh always the salted with the <laughs> with the carries um but yes i eventually just like went to sleep on the couch and you fell asleep and on the fell asleep on the couch <laughs> you know woke up and i was like oh you know every muscle in my body hurt because i wasn't like really laying down i had just sort of been <laughs> sitting and you know fell over and i'm like okay getting up just gonna you know brush my teeth i'm gonna head off to bed got up in the morning still no idea got up in the morning made the coffee bowl finally went into the bathroom looked in the mirror and my hair was completely smashed and oily and matted to my head and sticking up about six inches because I had fallen asleep with my head in the plate of Gary butter. Like the whole like half pound like slab. I just slept with my head in the butter. And it was stiff though? I'm surprised it got hard. My, (laughs) that's what she said. (laughs) My hair smelled like Like butter for like a week. I, you know, you get in the shower, I'm washing my hair. And you know, when your hair is really dirty, your shampoo only gets so yeah, foamy yeah, and you're like, like okay, rinse times, it out, yeah. do it again, do it again. I did it like six times. I still couldn't get like lather <laughs> in my hair. It was terrible, but oh funny. That's so cool. now I have a friend who, you know, I'm like, no, 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 thanks. I, I'm, I've had enough. I don't want another one. I'm like, you know what happens to me? And he's like, butter in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's a thing. <clears throat> that seems like a great place to end it. Um, <laughs> Dr. Mary Mansfield. You're not related to Jane by any chance. No, but <clears throat> I am related to Jean. Jean Mansfield was my mother. She oh, got, I can't imagine how often she got. My name was named Jean. Oh, really? How did she spell it? She spelled it J-E-A-N-N-E. No She's French. way. Really? My mother, J-E-A-N-N-E. No women spell it Nobody that way. Nobody ever spells her name like that. No, it's J-E-A-N-N-E. Wow. And I have a cousin named after her, J-E-A-A. You know, I think I think the reason why is because in France, it's like Jean. Oh. Or Jean Which is like J-E-A-N. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an E on the, on the French version, is there? Isn't that the male version, though? Oh, that is the male version. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know. Um, I pretend like I know French. I know a little bit of French. <laughs> um, so, oh, I know French. I know... that sounded like uncle arthur pepe le pew that's my friend oh my god i love that thank you for doing this um thank you so much for inviting me i sense a second episode because i only got through about half the things half the talking points i am fascinating so you are fascinating (laughs) so we'll have you back that sounds great i would love to do that thank you dr mary you are very welcome Way Off the Record has been written, 
produced and edited by Scott Ambrosino and Christian Hernandez. Our music is by the amazing Marie Tree. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to us on social media. We can be reached at the at sign WOTRPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. That's actually fun too. <laughs> Sorry. Leave I it. No, leave it. One. Leave it. No, that's great. <laughs> I love it. Hold on. Hold on.